Welcome to Add Bible, an audio daily devotion from the Ezra Project. We join Alan J. Huth as he shares Bible passages and comments from over 30 years of his personal Bible reading journals. Today brings us to Acts chapter 9, where we will be reintroduced to Saul, the guy who was ravishing and persecuting the church at the beginning of chapter 8. But something good is about to happen to Saul. Let's listen in. Acts 9 But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him, and falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise, and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized, and taking food, he was strengthened. For some days he was with the disciples at Damascus, and immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogues, saying, He is the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed and said, Is not this the man who made havoc in Jerusalem of those who called upon this name? And has he not come here for this purpose, to bring them bound before the chief priest? But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. When many days had passed, the Jews plotted to kill him, but their plot became known to Saul. They were watching the gates day and night in order to kill him, but his disciples took him by night and let him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a basket.
And when he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples, and they were all afraid of him, for they did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles, and declared to them how on the road he had seen the Lord, who spoke to him, and how at Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. So he went in and out among them at Jerusalem, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. And he spoke and disputed against the Hellenists, but they were seeking to kill him. And when the brothers learned this, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Now as Peter went here and there among them all, he came down also to the saints who lived at Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, bedridden for eight years, who was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise and make your bed. And immediately he rose, and all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. Now there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. In those days she became ill and died, and when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, urging him, Please, come to us without delay. So Peter rose and went with them, and when he arrived, they took him to the upper room. All the widows stood beside him weeping and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed, and turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise! And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up, and he gave her his hand and raised her up. Then calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive and it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon, a tanner. Let's start chapter 9 by looking back at verses 3 through 5. Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus. Wow. You see, Saul was not looking for Jesus. He was persecuting Christians. But Jesus was looking for Saul. There's no one outside of God's reach. I wasn't looking for Jesus either. When I was 15 years old on a road outside of Colorado Springs with a friend of mine, we'd stolen his father's car because his father was never home. And the reason his father was never home was because he was serving in Vietnam. Yeah, it was the Vietnam era when I was growing up. So we went out east of Colorado Springs that day, and he didn't know how to drive at 15 years old. We're flying down this dirt road at 60 miles an hour when he lost control of the car. We're fishtailing, and the car tumbled two and a half times down that dirt road. I found myself sitting on the dirt road, looking at a crushed, totaled car. I started to pat myself down and say, Am I alive? Am I broken? Can I move? 
Am I bleeding all over the place? And I was okay. I could stand up. I could walk. I wasn't broken into pieces. And then the sheriff that came to draw up the accident said, You know what? It's a miracle. You guys are alive. Well, I got home that night, and my mother said to me, You ought to get down on your knees and thank God you're alive. So I went down to my bedroom. I laid down on my bed, and I thought about the things that had happened that day. I wasn't in control. I wasn't the driver. I was a passenger in the car, and I very easily could have died that day. But God saved my life physically that day. And as I thought about those things that night, I decided that I was living on borrowed time, that God could take my life anytime he wanted, as he showed me that day. So I decided that day, at 15 years old, that I was going to live for him. For whatever reason, he kept me alive. I was going to pursue that reason and find it and live according to that which God had saved my life for. That was my Damascus Road experience, the time when I gave my life to Jesus Christ. No one with me, just me in my bedroom, me and the Lord. What about you? Where was your Damascus Road experience? If you've had one, praise God. And maybe you'll take some time today and reflect on that. That time you first met Jesus and gave your life to him. But maybe you haven't. Maybe you've never had a Damascus Road experience yet. Whether today you are looking for God or not, God may be looking for you. So my prayer today, as we read about Paul's conversion, and you've heard about my own conversion, that you would either reflect on your own conversion, or that you would have a conversion to Jesus Christ this very day. Stop what you're doing and listen to the Lord. He may be calling you right now. And like Paul, or like me, he has a purpose for your life. In this chapter, in verse 15, it says, But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. God had a purpose for Saul, He had a purpose for me. He has a purpose for you. Saul's conversion was life-changing. My conversion was life-changing. In verse 20, the Word of God says, And immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogues, saying, He is the Son of God. Is he the Son of God to you today?